What's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by Charm City Paintball. Hey, do you need a headband? Do you need a head wrap? Either one you can get at Charm City. Mr. Mike Thompson has been handcrafting these for a few years now, and I'll, I'll tell you right now that they are nothing like the pictures, meaning when you get them in your hands, they look 100 times better. It's insane. The quality of the stitching of the material is, is just amazing. And for me, I enjoy things that last, that fade well and last. They age, they have a good feel to them, and what he does over there and the materials that he uses and the Frankenstein craziness that he comes up with, I thoroughly enjoy. And I know that you will too. So make sure you please head over to his Instagram and or Facebook at the same time. Um, and you can see everything that he's creating. He has uh, some new fabrics that he's actually creating himself right now. It's so cool. They're trippy. They're they're like an acid you bought. It, I, they're awesome. You need to go check them out. And um, he... All of his stuff is really very well priced um, for being handcrafted by him. No one else is making them. They're not being made somewhere else. They're not being mass manufactured. Anything that you get from Mike is 100% made by him and is one of a kind, really. I mean, any any one of these headbands that he makes, especially these, these new ones, these new prints, each one has time into it. And uh, and you can tell, I, I guarantee it. So uh, so yeah, head over to the uh, Charm City Paintball Instagram uh, or Facebook and and check them out and let them know that uh, Carl from the Playing on Podcast sent you over there. So thank you, Mike. Um, this episode is with Mr. Dave Pando. He is the owner of Level Up down in Columbus, a uh, an enormous and not only popular but just damn good looking paintball field if i do say so myself not only does he have um, some awesome rec ball play he has a couple uh tournament fields that was actually the uh the host field for the invitational i I think it was the first invitation invitational tournament but uh but anyway he has a great field down there. He is also head over at of the, um, the the level paintball team, the professional paintball team out of Columbus, and uh, and they've been grinding through the grinding through the ranks uh, the past couple years and uh, have really kind of come into their own and continue to grow. And uh, Dave just does an amazing job over there. And uh, you guys get to hear his story about how he came from the uh, the college, the OU paintball side of it went through the ranks of, uh, of trying to get the team noticed, wrote some articles, um, managed some paintball fields over in California, uh, or maybe he didn't manage them. He did some he did some stuff. You guys will hear it. And then eventually went to die and then came back to the, uh, the Ohio State and decided to turn up his own uh, paintball field, level it up. So here we go. Here is the podcast with Dave Pando. We're in. I, I like your quarantine beard. Dude, I mean, I 
I have like my beard gets real creepy after like two weeks, and so my whole life I would get to that creepy mark, and then I just it's gone because mm-hmm. I'm like ah, I look like a pedophile, or <laughs> like I, you know, I, just, I don't like you know I get creepy. But then I never pushed through that two weeks, and yeah, during the quarantines I just pushed through, and I'm like oh my god I love beards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, oh my god! I, I wish I, I would have pushed through a long time ago. I feel the exact same way. I got to the point where it's like it got it got really pokey. And then my wife mm-hmm. would complain that, you know, when kissing her, she'd be like, you're stabbing me in the face. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll keep it down, trim it down. Because I never was big on, like, shaving my face. Um, I just feel like my face looks weird when it's, like, completely – so I always kept, like, a little scruff. And then I never had it this long before. And I'm trying to make it, like, as long as I possibly can until my wife, like, is on the verge of divorcing me. So And then I'll know that it's, like – Okay, like, mm-hmm. this is the good length. <laughs> I'll just stop and yeah, also trim it for that. Gauge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it grows in. I don't have anything on the side. It's all like below. It's all Amish down here. Mm-hmm. It's all that Ohio Amish, and then um, the mustache is pretty good. I might just shave it off and just keep the mustache. Who knows? But it's definitely it's a creepy. solid Toledo beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cold, so my neck right here is warm, but at my home, everything else is chilling. Um, so uh, a big question that I like to ask um, the field owners, especially from the Midwest, which field owners? I fucking I talked to you, and I've talked to well, not even <laughs> talked to you yet, but I talked to uh, um, oh my god, I can't think of him um, up in Minnesota. Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. Uh, former teammate. The other one. Oh my god, dude! Teammate. I'm completely brain farting. Virtue paintball. Aaron Tholey. There it is. Yeah. Oh, totally. God, God yeah. I was just bleeding from my ears for a second. Um, but I, I asked him a similar question, which was, what do you do in the winter? I mean, it, is it as busy? Is it busier? Is it uh, – what do you do to prep, and, and how are the winters down? Because, I mean, we're not far from each other, and winters can be shit. But uh, but how do you how do you kind of prepare for those uh, in, in the winter times? No, I mean, it is shit for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, it's Ohio – I don't know about the whole state, but I know that in Columbus, at least, I'm the only field that stays open through the winter. And two reasons. Like, when I was first opening, my goal was just as many customers as I can get. I don't care how many we get. I don't care if we lose money. I want to make sure that I see get as many people to try level up, try paintball as I can. So it was no question that I was going to stay open all year because if anybody was trying to play. I mean, if you're a kid and you have a January birthday, what do you do? You know, like, your options are limited. So yeah we'll be open put your snow pants on let's go you know don't go skiing don't go snowboarding just wear all those clothes to the paintball park you're a giant (laughs) pillow you won't even feel feel them and you know it's still fun um so we do that and columbus is a little bit more mild than you know toledo so every now and then i mean it's gonna be 60 degrees tomorrow and it's december like so you get those couple lucky days of winter and then i'm like very happy i'm open because i'm already I don't have to, you know, it's already there, so I don't have to, like, try hard and, like, oh, hope everything's running. I've already been open, so on those warm days, we're, like, yep. ready to rock, and everybody comes out because they're all, like, itching to play, and the weather's good. Um, so normally, I just, I know it's slow, and I uh, I mentally prepare as not, it's not like a vacation, but, I mean, dude, summer Saturdays are, like, full stress, you know, like, yeah. so many can go wrong so many people so many customers so many employees it's just 
it's just crazy. And I love that. That's like what I get my adrenaline rush from mm-hmm. uh, is those super busy Saturdays. So when it's slow in the winter, then I kind of just treat it as I get to, I can sleep in, I could spend more time with my wife. Um, and you know, I, so my wife's a small business owner as well. And her business is, they do all her busy season is the winter. So we, <laughs> we flip. Yeah. So basically, uh, I just help her all winter and, um, and, but I just kick back and I watch a lot of TV and, uh, enjoy, enjoy not being insanely stressed out, you know, six days a week. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest things, you know, even, uh, even going to, uh, the team side of being in the Midwest and especially, man, it's gotta be, it's gotta be tough as a player and having a home field and something as special as level up and then really not being able to play the full 365 um like the fields in texas and california and everything and i was i was saying this on my last podcast it was like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people like take pictures of them playing like in like the tournament guys playing in the snow and like doing all this stuff and looking like it's not bothering them when a hundred percent, I know it's, I know it's cold as shit and your fingers are cold and you're, you're, you're out there grinding. But like, is it, it's like, I, I've always been back and forth about this, but more one way than the other. I feel like if, if conditions aren't the greatest, I don't feel like you would get, you're not going to get the greatest results. Yes. You're going through the repetitions, but I feel like if, if you're only like putting out 60% because you can't feel your fingers and you're like, you're barely kind of moving out there. You're not really like you're, you're not playing to your fullest ability and, and, and to say whether, like, is it worth possibly getting hurt too? That's what I've, I've always kind of like did kind of that risk analysis. Like, is it, is it, is it worth going out there? That's why I was always, um, you know, the Thursday practices at the NXL events, I was, I always thought about those and I was like, man, that's just like, like we, we played the field for two weeks. Like, yeah, it might be a good practice, but it's like, it's the Thursday before the event. Like, and I know probably I'll get a bunch of shit for this, but it's like, it is, is getting just, you know, an hour more worth of play in is that, and not even on the field that you're going to play because it's, you know, still, you're going to have some small gaps and differences. Is that going to make the difference in going into the next, the following day? Like, are you going to be warmed up? Are you going to be sore? Are you going to get hurt? Are you going to like, I know there's a lot of people that will go back and forth on that, but I, I just feel like playing in that 70 degree weather, man, I get, I'll tell, I'll tell the guys all the time. I get super jealous of seeing everybody play 365. I'm like, fuck man. You're very, you're taking the very like Odell Beckham jr. Approach to this where you're basically, well, I don't want to practice too hard cause I might get hurt. I mean, you're, you have like a super athlete. I mean, you were, you're so fast. Like I mean, what fastest guy in the league at one point. So like, of course that's your mindset. Cause you're like, my legs are my money maker. So <laughs> yeah. I can't, you know, whatever I, I will perform when it's, when the cameras are on, but you know, whatever. I mean, I think, uh, I think some kids just want to play as much as possible. And, mm. you know, like I definitely think there's a balance. Some people, um, want to you know think that if you play every weekend you get better and i'm sure that there's truth to that yeah. other people think it's important to have the balance where you play when it counts and when you don't have to be there you you do the other stuff that you like or spend time with the other people you need to yeah um so i think there's you know there's definitely two approaches and and i don't think either one's necessarily right or wrong um i think when it comes to like winter paintball you're uh you know we're adults 
if you're 16 years old, 14, you know, 15 years old, dude, you want to play in the snow because you just, it's like, what else are you going to be doing? Like you can't do anything in the winter. So you have like, you know, little Colton, I'm sure, you know, from our field, Mm -hmm. he plays all winter long and it's because I'm sure he's like, (laughs) it's either that or call of duty all day long or that or just like nonstop Xbox. So it's like, yeah, he's probably cool. I mean, he's a kid. He probably doesn't care, but, um, you know, I think some people's mindset is just, it's like, okay, watch more TV or, you know, play more games or, you know, put on warm clothes and just go do something. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was always looking at it of like, uh, if you can travel to play, that's, that's awesome. Not everybody has that opportunity, but like, I'd like to watch, uh, paintball whether it be documentaries whether it be actual film from uh, ghost sports like i just try and immerse myself in paintball on the mental side on that i'll do physical stuff in the house um uh and work out get the body going just be keep my physical side um i might not play paintball a ton but it's like keeping the the vehicle going right and then just immersing myself in paintball um, but no, I, I 100% agree. I think there's, I think everybody approaches something differently. And with winter paintball, it's like a 50-50 shoot. It's like, is your equipment also yeah. going to work like it should? <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I could be close. You know, I just, I just don't. And you know, uh, maybe one day, well, I'll, I'll just join the other fields where it's just known, you know, you close after Christmas and open up in the spring, but be the light, um, be the light in the blizzard. Yeah, exactly. There you go. (laughs) Totally. Um, what, you know, not what I guess, but more or less, how did paintball come about for you? Because I mean, you went from, you went from, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, working for die, uh, and, and there, I know there's a whole story before that that I don't know that I want to get into, but working for Dai um, over in California, eventually coming back to Ohio and and starting your field. And now you have become um, what I believe, if not already, I think it's been a, like kind of a, a Midwest Mecca. I think I feel that coming back because you are you are giving back to these these tournament players and by giving them the fields and and, and hopefully these other teams around. Uh, will start to gravitate towards that because we I feel like it's fields around here are so few and far between now uh, in the Midwest. Um, so how did how did your journey come about in finding and discovering paintball and then eventually ending up owning uh, a top level field in Columbus, Ohio? Uh, well, I mean, I, I started basic, you know, just like everybody, just you know, birthday party. I mean, I, my my thing was I was good. Like I played the first time and like shot a bunch of people, so I got hooked, and then. I was just young, fast, you know, I'm sure same as you, just like messing people up with my Titman from an early age. And it just, <laughs> that's what I got hooked on. Um, so I just played, you know, tournaments. I loved it. All my best friends played. I mean, it just, you know, totally in the lifestyle. But then once I got to college and just kept, you know, it was still my favorite thing to do was just playing those tournaments. I just, you know, decided, okay, I want to work here. You know, how do I work in this industry? You know, I mean, I, I was also a skateboarder. I loved all action sports, skating, snowboarding. Like that was just my scene, mm-hmm. all the alternative stuff. So I just wanted to work in something. I mean, if I would have got a job at, you know, uh, uh, Etnies or, you know, some skate company, I probably would have put in all this energy into skateboarding. It just um, paintball, you know, I got a job in the industry, you know, right from college. And so 
that's where, you know, um, that's where I'm just glad that I ended up because, uh, the paintball community is the best. (laughs) Did you have any aspirations of going pro or anything like that? Uh, it was tough. I did uh, like when I was playing in college, I was all about playing, um, like me and the OU Bobcats, we were just, it was like the most fun I've ever had in my whole life playing was that college journey in the NCPA. And while I was in it for sure, I wanted to go pro. But, um, once I started working in the industry, I kind of found that I, I mean, like I was, I was pretty good, but, uh, I just liked, I don't know. I, I always thought that my, I liked using my brain more than like physically training constantly uh, kind of hard to explain but mm-hmm. i liked i was i was i was more into the lifestyle than uh or sorry i was more into like how the machine actually worked the yeah, the, the paintball machine the back end like yeah. i liked i liked meeting the people and i liked talking to you know like my dad died when i was uh 21 years old so like right when uh and my dad was an entrepreneur too so i kind of liked getting all these mentors like that was the mm-hmm. best part about just going for it and moving to LA and and San Diego and just working for all these people is that all these bosses that I had, they were just such good guys and like so helpful and, and knowledgeable and just, you know, um, uh, I learned a lot and I just kind of gravitated to all these like, you know, not like father figures, but just these, like, I just got tons of mentors right off the bat. And Mm -hmm. I just, that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I still liked playing, but it, it just became more of like, a just more of a hobby as far as the playing went and I got more joy out of going to the events and setting up the booths and you know having putting out killer social media campaigns that's Mm -hmm. what I started getting my rush from and so I just gravitated towards that so what was your first position in the in the paintball world uh, outside of being a player itself uh first the first thing I did and, and most of my positions I sort of forced into you know, in the beginning at least, but, um, so I'm playing in college and I'm like, I became the president of the OU paintball team, you know, um, uh, just, which is the president of a student organization at college, you know, mm-hmm. club sport. And that was my junior year of college. And I'm starting to get into my marketing degree and kind of learning, you know, just what I like and what I don't like. And, uh, because I'm the president, I'm talking to Chris Rail, who runs the league a lot, helping him just with whatever. And I'm always saying, hey, what can I help? I wanted collegiate paintball to be bigger because that would help my school be bigger and maybe help us get more money. And just, you know, so I was all about promoting the college story to anybody. Mm-hmm. So what I used to do is I would hit up magazines and I would say, hey, I'm somebody you've never heard of, but you don't have any college content in your magazine. Do you want me to start giving you? the scoop about college paintball stuff and so like action pursuit games answered that email or call i don't even remember and they let me write a column about college paintball for every issue and so because they just nobody was writing about it and i'm like i'll do it you know and so i would just write articles and like mention ou every time or just like always be plugging us but that was the goal it was i was trying to market the bobcats right how couldn't you right um uh but at the same, you know, so, but I was just getting my foot in the door. So now I'm writing these, these columns and then eventually he'd be like, I don't even remember who the editor was, but, uh, Hey, can you write an article about this too? Hey, you know, were you at this event? What happened? And, you know, next thing I'm doing a couple of things about the, the PSP at the time or, you know, just whatever. I just was like this, I wasn't getting paid. I was just doing it. Mm-hmm. 
So I was writing articles for Action Pursuit Games, and then I eventually got an article into Faceful Magazine. Same story. I just snuck my way in, and then he's asking me to do more content. This was Faceful. Like, literally, like, I, I wrote a bunch of articles in, like, the last few issues of Faceful. I killed the magazine. So oh, and the truth right. set you free. <laughs> so there's, there's, the magazine is gone, and it's, it's all my fault. I forgive yeah. you. It's okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> God, you remember those covers? Yeah. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm just sneaking around. I'm, I'm sneaking. Hey, let me write articles and then whatever. And that was just really the spearhead. I mean, that, that my first taste was just like, basically, what I learned is that paintball as an industry is so small that you can you can make friends with the right person or do a good job for the right person, and you're in. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of times. I mean, I'm sure it applies to just regular jobs too where you know like you want to work somewhere like you just shove you know hey let me clean your floors or just whatever you want to do and then eventually you can meet the right person that'll help you out so but i think but i think it's something a little bit different though i'm sorry to cut you off but with um i feel like i just did the fucking trump thing i'm sorry i'm sorry to cut you off but (laughs) but like but (laughs) but i think as far as paintball goes i think there was a little bit more possibly behind it for you because you had a passion for it and and i mean just so i can realize people follow you know passions and do whatever but i think in this particular instance like you had such a drive because you loved the content that you were writing about so i think that i think that just kind of accelerated everything totally no i'm not a writer i just yeah i was that was my next question i was like did you even did you even write no No, i didn't write i mean i was you know I, i was 20 21 years old i was just partying every weekend in college like i didn't you know like i just uh i just first literally my thought process i mean i guess i've always been pretty ballsy where like i'll i don't i'm not shy if if, as a 20 year old kid i was not intimidated to like hit up this giant paintball magazine and say hey let me write articles for you with no writing experience or whatever you know (laughs) so um i always just wanted to just go for it and so that's you know, and, and I, I got lucky, you know, but yeah. luck is just being in the right place at the right time. And that's a lot of my philosophy is just, you know, ask, go, 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 and just see what happens. And usually, you know, or sometimes it works out great. <laughs> so do, did you become a, for Faceful, um, were you a, a regular as far as those last few magazines? Like, were you getting paid for those articles or was it more like a freelance thing? that went through and then and then what happened after that so faceful was paid actually it was sweet so i got in and but i mean literally we're talking i don't remember if faceful was month to month uh i think they might have been like more quarterly but Mm -hmm. yeah like like the last faceful i got paid like i think it was like a thousand dollars but i wrote like a lot of content like pages and pages about all he gave me topics and i just sent them stuff and he edited them or whatever and it was the la- literally the last issue. So, you know, I, I got paid for one issue, and then after that, he goes, uh, "There's no more magazine." We're actually so, going to need that money back, too. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, so that was it. But writing that article, or during that magazine, or uh, sorry, during that faceful issue, I really took it upon myself. I felt a lot of pressure because to me, faceful was like you know the the top, the coolest magazine ever, and so I really wanted to do a good job. And that was when I started interviewing all these people that I was a little bit intimidated by, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, 
I remember I did a big article about that Hydrotech paintball guy for that. Um, I don't know if you remember like the Hydrotech paintball that never came out. It was supposed to revolutionize the industry. It was a Hydrotech. It was like a water-based paintball, not not um, gelatin, and it was going to be weatherproof and unlimited shelf life. It was going to be. I mean, cool. it sounds it good. Happened. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds too good to be true. It, it almost sounds like it, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, right. So it didn't happen, uh, but it was a cool story. And that's when I interviewed um, Giovanni, who runs Hollywood Sports and SC Village as well. And um, I sort of just said, hey, yes, I'm writing this article about you. I'm also about to graduate college, and I would, you should hire me because I'm. <laughs> and that was the interview. <laughs> and I, well, and then he told me, if you lived in LA, I'd hire you. And I said, okay. So that magazine went out and I graduated and I was just kind of like bartending around trying to figure it out what I was going to do. And, um, I interviewed Giovanni and then two weeks later I moved to LA, showed up at Hollywood sports and I said, Hey, I moved here and he hired me for a minimum wage. So that's how, and that, that was my first real job was working for him, I guess. That's awesome. Did you uh, did you find a place to stay, or were you crashing at somebody's place that you knew? Yeah, just couch serving, crashing. Very typical Ohio to LA story. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. I know that story. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I mean, once I did that, I mean, I was in it. You know, I was. You know, Ohio was behind me, and I was. You know, LA's where it's all at. You know, Hollywood sports, hanging out. You know, there was like real celebrities there, like. Um, like Rob Deerdeck, you know, Robin Big mm. and drama. I, I got to hang, like hang out with drama while he shot a music video at SC Village. Or I don't, it wasn't a music video. I don't know if it was like a skate thing or what. Um, I got to rep David Beckham's son's birthday party, Brooklyn Beckham. Um, I mean, but that's just like normal. At, that's so know, crazy. Like, the paintball fields out there, celebrities, it's just, you know, they go and play. So yeah, shout out to, you know, Hollywood Sports, the, the, that's the Mecca, if you want to talk Mecca. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, just, you know, just got lucky, always. Yeah, I have, uh, I think I've only played over at that Hollywood maybe like once or twice. Yeah, they don't really have X-Ball there. I think they do now. When I was working there, they didn't have an X-Ball field. All the X-Ball would be at SC Village. Hollywood Sports was just all scenario stuff. Yeah, and yep. Yeah, thinking about it now, I think I I got it mixed up. I think it was SC Village that I played. I don't know if I ever played at Hollywood Sports. Um, were they what? But were they owned by the same Giovanni? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. He was always interesting yeah. too. Him and his son uh, Bear were always. I, I've I've always seen them. I didn't know too much about either one. I know that Bear was like this, this like flamboyant, like just figure out there who was like. He's like, eh, okay, at yeah, paintball, but like his personality was like way bigger than anything else. And then I just knew his dad because of just pictures of him, but I didn't really know too much about him. I, I actually want to get him. I would love to talk to him and kind of hear his story about how everything, because he's been in it for, I mean, since the beginning, it seems like. <laughs> should definitely interview. Yeah. Yeah. Gio is like one of my favorite people in the world. He's yeah, you'd be you'd probably just talk for two hours straight and just crush it. <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't have to do anything. But he's so like political. I mean, he's like a big um he's just I don't know, quintessential, just Italian 
amazing just go-getter you know yeah and he like earth shaking move making just 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 uh just a rock star and i mean i think his paintball parks reflect that um i mean everything you know uh he's got a great story you should yeah. him on. Mm-hmm. i feel like i've never i don't think i've ever met him in person but i feel like he's like five foot two he, yeah there is <laughs> <yeah. laughs> They're both. Like but, I mean, but his personality is like 10 foot. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I always uh, have seen pictures of him and I was like, I, I bet he has like this thick, this is all in my head. I was like, I bet he's short, has this thick Italian accent and it's just like super smiley all the time and is just full of like full of life. Totally. He was, I, I, what I learned, I mean, one of the, I didn't even realize I was learning a lesson from him, but when I first started working there, I was kind of, I, I wasn't like one of the reps really. I was just sort of like the back and I was helping them with their website and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just writing art, you know, just doing social and stuff. One time he did an all staff meeting though. Uh, I don't remember if it's, if it was a good or a bad meeting. I don't remember what the circumstance was, but he called everybody in and he stands up on a table, you know, and there's like 30 people there. And he just literally gave like the most motivational pump up speech I've ever heard in my whole life. I mean, it was like he was running for president or something. <laughs> and I mean, I walked away like he wasn't even talking to me. It was more I think it was for the refs, like just for like the more like regular staff guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I walked away being like, like, oh, my God, <laughs> like this is like I have, I feel like I would go to war for this guy. I would do anything <laughs> for him. And it was just from like one speech. It's probably nothing for him. Uh, but it just, it taught me like when I open the field, I think about that kind of stuff all the time. Where like, if there's like a reason, you know, I'll bring all the kids in and we'll, you know, we'll, I'll try to pump them up. I'll try to tell them how good of a job they're doing Keep or them whatever. Cause that's, you just, you just gotta either, if it's a bad thing, you gotta tell them, explain why it's bad. And so we all get it. But I mean, as the leader, I mean, it is your responsibility to set a tone. And if you don't set any tones, then people will just do their own thing. But, you know, you could you could really, with one good speech, you can set an expectation or you can, you know, uh, help people go to war with you. If, you know, if it's about to be a super busy weekend, you know, you could really pump your kid or just the people up around you by just, you know, telling them, Hey man, I haven't slept a lot because I'm so stressed about this weekend and I just want you guys to know thanks or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to put across. But yeah, I learned that from Gio, man. He's like the most motivational guy ever. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's crazy and it's hard for me to fathom because I'm, I'm all about like motivational speeches and, and just the emotional side of just everyday life and interactions and everything. And I've, I've had my fair share of, of being on either side of that of that speech and uh, whatever scenario it may be. But it's crazy to me that some people actually will take nothing away from things like that. And, you know, I'm not saying that I I don't know anybody who was in that room or anything um, or any of the refs, but I can imagine some of the people walked away like, what was that guy? What was that supposed to be like? All right, I'm just going to go think about something, you know, think and not really assess the situation and kind of in like, like you just said, like kind of realize that it was like a life, it was a, an experienced person telling you something uh, to motivate you or to, to, to try to let you know um, from their point of view, uh, you know, 
their experiences and, and how they've gone through things and, and, and not necessarily. And there, there's so many different ways that people do that, too, where and you can feel kind of the whether it's tension or whether it's like joy or the emotion in the room, too, by by how that person's coming across. And it, I don't know how people can't be affected by things like that. Like I, I get really man, I, get, I really get going for things like that. It's just like when, when people don't and are kind of like, all right, whatever. Like I, I guess you live life like that. Like you're not just you're not you don't like living plain and simple. Like that's what life is, man. You don't like living. Some people are cold blooded. Cold blooded motherfuckers. Are emotional, like you're supposed to. Like, you, like you, Carl. That's yeah. I mean, of course. But I mean, I think that's you know, it's like we were talking about. Um, you know, you going through your writing and and just writing because you you had a passion for the game itself and the in the environment, the world. It's like. If you're not passionate for what you're doing in a position like yourself or like uh, or like any field owners or anybody or a captain or whatever, if you're not passionate about what it is that you're doing and you don't express that, and and, and, every, and sure. everybody takes it a different way, right? You you have to know how to kind of talk to your employees or or talk certain employees and talk to your teammates or whatever and and express your passion to ignite their passion. Of why they're there. I mean, they're there for a reason, whether it be a paycheck or uh, a paycheck and also to, hey, man, do you mind if I write off a case of paint because I'm going to go do drills on Wednesday or, or, or mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I was doing because my mom was wondering why, like, why are you asking me for gas money? <laughs> you, you work all that. I was like, mom, I, I write off on a, a cases of paint. So <laughs> she kind of understood my grind. It was a little upset, but, um, <laughs> but, but you hope that everybody's intentions are to better themselves um not only in whatever they're doing but just in in, in life in general with things like that i'm sorry it was kind of a rant but it's like i've i've been on a lot of those a lot of, and i've heard a lot of those speeches and i just i just love it when i've i i hear how passionate other people are about things so you um so you get into a position at uh, at hollywood and uh hollywood sports right not sc mm-hmm. village and you kind of, do you start working your way up the ranks uh, there from like the website guy and the the social media guy? Um, do you kind of work your way up the ranks, or and did, did something else come along, or how, what? Uh, how did you progress from there? Yeah, not really. I no, I didn't. Not not because I sucked or anything. Just <laughs> I worked at a paintball park, you know. Um, so I. I wasn't getting paid a lot. I mean, he basically said, if you lived here, I'd hire you, but it's not like he was going to pay me some big salary. You know, I was getting paid shit, but I loved it. I didn't think twice. So, but then I'm like, okay, I need money. I live in LA. It's so expensive. So he lets me work in the pro shop and I get all these, he's, his pro shop was set up nice. It was all these commissions. So like if you sold a gun, you got a commission. If you upgraded somebody's gun, if you sold a membership incentive, I'm like, identified those and i'm like so now i'm slanging memberships like crazy <laughs> yeah. like, okay, no more memberships today um but just whatever i could and then i just kind of was there and it was like it was getting to the point where it was a little tough because like i'm still couch surfing and whatever i mean this is like almost a year um and then i got really lucky uh, the um the legend has it die wanted a marketing person so they hit up chris rail said hey we need we want a marketing person and we want to hire a college kid so do you have any ideas and chris rail said i think i know one kid that just moved out to la that i think would be good and he dropped my name to the die guys 
so that's how I got the interview um, to work for them is just totally just because of the all those times where I was like, hey, Rail, let's do some, let's do more, let's promote college paintball, let's you know, mm-hmm. look at these articles, you know, or whatever. All that stuff kind of came back full circle when Die hit him up and asked him that question, and he thought of me. Um, I don't know if they interviewed other people or whatever, but you know, at a time where it wasn't looking good, I got a random phone call, and it was it was Rail who said, hey, if, if Die was gonna if you if die called and said would you you know come down for an interview would you would you leave hollywood and i said i would take an interview with die yes <laughs> please <laughs> tell me when so i just drove to san diego and i had this crazy meeting it was like i just i i'll never forget i didn't know what i was walking into i mean i don't know if you've ever been to the die building or not but no. it is substantial it is like i mean it's up on this hill blue glass huge die logo i mean it's a gigantic very subtle building. it's yeah, <laughs> just like everything die does. Yeah. Nice, low key. No, this thing is like gorgeous. So you pull and you're freaking out, you know. And I just walk in, um, and yeah, I op- I go into this conference room and it's it's Dave Youngblood at the head of the table. So I'm like, you know, shitting my pants right off the bat. And uh, and then it was you know Skinny Kevin, who was actually the one that initiated the whole job and, and college thing. And um, uh, Miko Hootenen used to play for the Ironman. Um, he was there too. He was uh, the VP of the company at the time. And uh, Chris Williamson, and just like, you know, the, the gang, but also, I mean, in my eyes, the celebrities were all, right. you know, sitting there. And I just, uh, you know, whatever. So I give this interview, and I guess they liked me and they hired me. So it was uh, just super lucky. What year was this? This was uh, probably like, uh, I think. I think it was 13. I think it was the DM 13 that was out. Maybe the DM 14. I can't remember. Yeah. It was right before the M2. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, 13 or 14. I've, I've always had like a deep respect for, for Die because when I first, and this is probably a t- stupid reason, but I've always, when I first uh, started playing paintball and started coming, it was around like 2000, um, 2002-ish, around that era. And I always, I always looked at Die like they were the top notch. Like all their, all their stuff was like super simple and sleek. Like I remember wanting this like white Die shirt with like lines, and it just had the Die globe and everything in there. I was, I thought it was so cool, and I thought all the Die stuff was awesome. And I, I, I had, a, I got a jersey at one point. I had the I, what was it, the I threes or the ones that looked like a bug. Mm-hmm. It was like it was yeah, like one yeah. of those. Like I was like all about it, and um, I thought the Die Angel was sweet. I thought it was like super simple, and you know I see all these celebrity guys where the, the Ironmen were wearing all the stuff, and and you have all these all these big teams wearing it, and um, I never like throughout my entire career I always shot Planet Eclipse. Ever mm-hmm. since I started, well, I started with Tipman Effect, and then we I shot a Shocker for like a year, and that was um. That was right before they got the Planet Eclipse deal with uh, uh, Excessive, and then and then shot Eclipse. But I always had this like this secret like I couldn't tell anybody, and I was like, I think I think the die <laughs> stuff is pretty cool. Like I don't think. And and another thing too is crazy is that as good as Planet Eclipse is um, at what they do with with their markers and everything, I I, I really had a really big respect for for die and i i don't think they get enough credit for their markers 
and and even gear in general. I feel like they're still like uh, one of those top manufacturers um, whose stuff still looks pretty damn good. But I I feel like they don't that like the marker. It's like one of the I, I, what I hear it was like. The marker comes out. It's like twelve hundred bucks. The M three or whatever it was at the time, a fourteen or or a thirteen or whatever it was. But that die matrix would come out full price, and then literally like go right onto PB Nation for like six hundred bucks. And I just I never un- I never understood it. And they they never had any kind of retail like value at all. And I, I just never understood that whole side of it because I feel like it looked. I mean, it has always looked great. And I just I don't I don't get it. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's I don't know if a, a full price to six hundred bucks right away. I mean, I think paintball guns in general, when you do those yearly releases, I think that's just the nature of how that stuff works. You know, right. it's like buying a car; you drive it off the lot, it loses value. I think I think a lot of that goes with the paintball stuff too. Um, recently, I mean, I'm just I'm gonna back die up. You took a pretty, pretty big shot there, Carl. So I gotta I gotta. Uh, I was I was saying I liked it. I was saying I liked this stuff. Well, I just uh, I think after you know the, the M2 came out and then it kind of became a biannual release. And even now, I mean, the M3 has been out for a long time. It's mm-hmm. a fucking great gun. Like I mean, it's there is nothing wrong with the M3. Iron Man won last event with it. The Russians won all kinds of events yeah. last year with it. Like the thing rips. So there is nothing wrong. And I think they're holding their value. I think I think what hurts the a gun's value is is when the next one is already out. You know, I think it's tough to compete. Yeah. And that's where you've got like like the D, the dive DSR is holding its value very well because if there's only one, it's just the DSR. There's no mm. DSR2 or anything. Um, Eclipse kind of, they spread their releases out a little bit more and they're a little bit more random. It's not like, with I think for a while, a lot of companies, you knew when the new gun was coming out, which would be Extravaganza or World Cup the next year, usually World Cup. Mm-hmm. And so there was just that cycle, you know? I mean, most industries have a cycle, but it's just, you know, I, I compare paintball guns to cars a lot, you know, and I think kind of like what you were talking about, about how you had a secret crush on die, I think is hilarious. And I think that that's <laughs> a lot of, that's how a lot of people are. And maybe it, it, you know, you could even say, I mean, not true, but for me being on the die side of the world for a long time, somebody like me would probably have a secret crush on Eclipse. Like I've never, uh, you know, I haven't, I had an ego a long time ago, but you know, I've, you know, you, you kind of, the reason I thought that that was very cute, how you said you had a secret crush, <laughs> was because um, I think what Dai does extremely well, and a couple companies do, it's not just Dai, but mm-hmm. Dai definitely does as well, is all of their marketing and all of their branding is around just that, the brand. They have really great products, and they they are selling that they are the high quality, high price you know that a lot of R&D, you know Billy Wing busted his ass to make sure that that gun shoots good yeah. for you and spent tons of hours working on it. I mean, when I first started at Die, they had a guy who was just literally shaping shaping bodies all day long with this like crazy clay stuff. I mean, there was so much R&D that went into all the Die products at all times. Uh, but when it comes to their marketing, they made it sexy. They made it very like desirable. And a lot of times it was you would get those kind of vibes like secret crush kind of vibes because it's expensive. You know, it was Mm -hmm. the high price stuff. It was the stuff you can't afford. It's the, I mean, they're, they always would say we are the Audi of paintball. We are Lexus. We are BMW. We are Mercedes. That's their brand identity is the, the very expensive, the luxurious 
but the always sweet, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the the reason that you you have like a guilty crush is because you know you're they're a very um one once you can go all in, then you can be you become very loyal to somebody like Die. I mean, that's you know one once you get your foot in the door, like you're you know. Yeah, just like cars, man. You know, you get you decide, oh, I'm a Jeep guy, and so then you drive Jeeps your whole life. So right. Loyal to Jeep, you know, and that's because Jeep is the rugged outdoor adventure type. And if you see I'm that type of person, that's what kind of car you're gonna drive. So if you're the dude that likes nice shit, then you get your first die gun. You're like, yeah, this is what I like, and now you're loyal to die because they put out the vibe that you want, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the fastest, nicest car, or if it's the the you know the driving over mountains type car whatever it is that's that's what you get loyal to yeah well well, it's like you know i have it's not like i had a choice of what marker i was going to shoot um and and it turns and it turns out that planet eclipse is full of awesome people um you know jacko and leds and 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 all those guys are amazing the lv platform is amazing all the stuff they shoot is great and it's not like i could i could publicly go out and go well, I I mean the die marker is pretty good looking too. You know what I mean? Like, and that was, and that was tough because. No, you I, can't. Cause you'd be a terrible sponsor. I would be a terrible athlete. But now <laughs> being you know being kind of my own thing at the moment, I can most certainly back Planet Eclipse, and I can most certainly back die stuff. That's that's the joy of not being tied down um, at the moment. Uh, <laughs> you know, being able to kind of really truly say how I feel from a a consumer's standpoint um you know and be able to know kind of the background and 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 I have a really good relationship with Planet Eclipse and I've known those guys for such a long time I I love the I love the LV um it's amazing but I've also taken a second look at and I've, I've always had my eye on other manufacturers and just kind of how they do things because I love the background too I love the you know I love the how everything gets made I've I, I love teching all my own stuff and tearing it down and seeing how it works and, and you know I love designing things and, and seeing what I think Die does really well, especially with their markers, is I think they take the very sleek approach. When you have you Planet has the very kind of the lines, they they, they very much follow the lines of like rigidity and just they have they have their set look and then you look at a die marker or even let's go let's go a lux a lux has also a line work but it's long line work it's from the barrel tip to the end of the you know to the end and it, it's continuous right and yeah. then you have somebody like die who kind of forms it's it almost is like you know and taking it just like kind of you said they said that they're the audi the you know um hopefully they say that they're reliable and i don't really know i know people at die but i don't really know die you know what I mean? I haven't really been a part of that whole thing, but um, you look at it, and it's almost like they're kind of like the like Ferrari almost, with like the curvy lines. But it also it's you can tell the detail, but it flows into each other. It's got like a good flow to it, and I've always thought that about. So big. All right. So I'll I'll lay the secret out. Big secret. Uh, back in two thousand and I think it was two thousand and seven. I actually traded my uh my LV one of the LVs that I had I actually traded for a die mark uh, a DM whatever it was 7 I think at the time 
Um, Cheater, you slut. And, and just to like, because I was like, I, I feel like I wanted to get the entire experience. You know what I mean? And as a, as a sponsored athlete, you, you get only one perspective. You get to only have one perspective. And it's not because I was like, I, it wasn't because I hated Planet Eclipse. And I went, yeah, I love Planet Eclipse. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll tell it to the end. But I also love the innovation of other people too. And I, and I love other people's creations. And I, I wanted to be able to experience that and not be put in front of like a shooting range uh, uh, and be shot down. But it, it, this little secret thing that I wanted just to be able to feel it and to be able to like kind of experience other things. And as a sponsored athlete, it's really tough to do that openly and, and have an opinion like some of like the, um, the reviewers and stuff like that. Because you can't you can't go on as a you can't go on as a sponsored athlete and not be biased about whatever you're talking about. Right? No, you literally you're not allowed. You're, you're literally not allowed. You're, you're paid. So yeah, so I had to like but do it in said. secret. So Planet guys, it's not because I like just I don't didn't like your stuff. I I just liked paintball guns in general and how others shoot, and I'm just super interested in how everything works. So anyway, I think, it's a time for, I think like if you're a kid right now, I mean just the, the options that you have. When we were growing up, it was, you know, people would innovate past and it would be an advantage on the field. And I think right now, I don't think it's plateaued, but I just think that you have very solid choices at every price point, regardless of which brand you choose, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I pay attention. I mean, I got a pro shop and it's a lot of, you know, I know what guns are selling and I know what's popular and where, what is coming back with problems or whatever. But mm -hmm. I mean, right now in the 800 to $900 price range you've got die dsr the new shocker amp and the 170r the eclipse gun those are three amazing yep. paintball guns you know that are tournament know, level guns tournament by i mean a million percent you could <laughs> yeah. you could do anything with any of those guns and all of those companies have the gun that's double the price pretty much you know the m3 the lux and uh the cs2 or you know i mean mm -hmm. it's all so it's there, there's the super gun, but then that middle price range is so stacked and you can even go to the, you know, the, the Eclipse Eat the two. I mean, there's just, there's such good choices for any kid right now, like that are mind blowingly better than any gun that you or I grew up with. The Emac. Yeah, I know the Emac. It's a I mean, perfect you know. example of like just a solid cannon that is so reliable and yet yeah. you can literally, you, I, I have done it before I stepped on a tournament field and competed with it and yeah. not had any Easy. issues it's like and, and people no. are using that as rental markers mm -hmm. i know that's crazy it's, and that's, what, that's what i'm saying it's a golden time it's like for equipment and stuff i mean everything is sweet you know you could spend more money and get something sweeter you could but i mean um all the options are good right now i don't know i think i think uh i i i, I look forward to seeing what the next innovations are um but at the same time i mean i just think that the uh that the the industry is stacked with some great products right now, so I'm jealous of all the 13 year olds out there. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Because I remember, I remember being 16, 17, and started getting into like the like knowing that there's a bigger world to this whole paintball thing, and starting to read magazines and, and have these superstars in my head of superstars, not only physically of of players, but then also of companies. And like mm -hmm. looking at all this stuff and be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So I can only imagine like what those kids are going through right now. It, it, was there, um, were you at World Cup? No, you were not at World Cup, right? I don't know. I was there. You yeah. were there? Um, did, uh, 
did anybody have like anything like this is coming out this is new for 2021 or was it just kind of like an event that they they threw together no i mean uh, shocker did the amp at world cup that was that was the big release of the event um and then you know like infamous has a lot of their stuff yeah. uh, i don't know specifically what was new but you know i think they're doing a great job with their brand um i think i mean this is just a botched year but even just in general i mean the you know like from an industry side it's like what is paintball extravaganza like nobody's releasing new that that used to be where you would release new stuff um and then even at world cup it was like for a while that was the tradition everything was a secret and then at world cup you would drop new stuff when i was mm -hmm. working at die that was how everybody did it but then it was just like i don't know who started it but they'd be like well i'm gonna release mine the week before world cup and oh now it's two weeks before and they're all like competing over just getting it out first and capturing maybe a few extra sales or some more hype rather than the the uh you know the surprise factor of, of releasing everything at the same time at mm -hmm. world cup so then that kind of lost its steam I, I used to love that when you would go to world cup and just you could not wait to go check out all the booths and and see what was new and you know uh when i was working there at at die we like like the m2 is a big secret but i don't I think we released it like a like a month before Cup, because like then you had like European the 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 Millennium Series World Cup was like a week before. Right. So I remember we oh, would like yeah. go to Europe and you'd have to like keep like all your releases secret. Like we'd be taking all the <laughs> the German guys and the European guys all into a back room, be like, "This is the new Daiga. No pictures. Put that phone down." You know, and we would signing NDAs. Everybody's yeah. I mean that's that's we would do that to protect. You know, so because we because World Cup in America would be the next week or two weeks later, and so you'd you'd still want to sell the new stuff to all the dealers and like tease it, but mm -hmm. you know, and then of course somebody would always sneak a picture and then it would be leaked. But yeah, yeah, it's just like all the all the retail stores, all the holidays are like two months before it actually happens. Right. Exactly. Yeah, like Black Friday, and now everyone's like, well, Black November. <laughs> yeah, Black Week, Black. Yeah, right. Black November. Yeah. So that's exactly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when once you got into Die, uh, what is marketing for a company like Die? What does that entail? Oh man, big question. Uh, well, I think there's there's uh, there's usually it's it's twofold, and the twofolds like compete. But you've got you've got a room full of salespeople that are selling all the stuff. Right. So they want to make their jobs easier in two ways. Like one, they want to increase the demand for the product. And two, they want to like get all the selling points they possibly can out into the public so that they can call and explain why, you know, this field should be carrying this gun or, you know, whatever. So you've got sales guys that are trying to increase, you know, their sales. Like they're trying to sell more shit basically mm -hmm. but then you got the the marketing guys and the marketing guys want to do cool stuff you know like for example you know with die you know like a marketing guy would maybe want the picture of the gun to just be like you know very close up and not really talk about anything kind of just like a logo and a and a beautiful photo mm -hmm. that's all you need right that would be like a cool marketing move and then a sales guy would want every feature of the gun <laughs> Listed, listed next on to. the page you know what i mean and that's like so that's the struggle and you find the balance 
Um, so I mean, that's, that would be a lot of the meetings. It would be sales guys saying, Hey, like this, these are the features, let's push these, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, we would be coming up with our own ideas and we would find happy mediums, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, that, that's what was awesome about, and, um, I think my marketing style is, is, um, sort of like, uh, I've like adapted all those like same kind of values with all the level of stuff that we do. Well, that's sorry. Um, all the level of stuff we do, um, just kind of like less is more. Like you try to, you try to be sexy with your graphic design and you try to, you know, um, uh, come in real tight. I mean, the, um, when you have these like big teams, I mean, when I worked at die, the team was pretty huge. I mean, like there was like, you know, six marketing guys and a whole bunch of sales guys and whatever. Um, so you just basically like, you know, you get, you get a lot delegated to you and you really take advantage of the times where you do get some creative freedom to do something cool. Paintball has no budget, you know, like we weren't, you know, if you work for like a snowboarding company or something, like you could have an idea of flying to Mexico to film a, you know, a lifestyle shoot and that's kind of stuff will get approved, <laughs> you know, with paintball, you have no budget. So you try to make it work, but um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of, uh, uh, at least Dai was always pushing the envelope, you know, for a long time. So we'd always have something secret that we were working on and, and getting ready to, to promote. And then in the meantime, the stuff that we were putting out was badass. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you, like I said, you get, there's just a big balance between creative and, you know, salesy quote unquote and finding the right happy medium to make it work. So. Yeah, I was wondering if the engineers had anything to do with kind of how you guys projected what they were building to. Um, I mean, it's really just, you know, Billy Wing, the mad scientist, um, at least for Die. I mean, there, uh, there's... No, marketing guys are... <laughs> Billy would do his thing. I mean, I remember, uh, like, we barely got to pick color names and stuff like that. I mean, it was, you know, the sales guys drive a lot because they're the ones that sell right yeah and they uh, um, but every company is different i mean some company you know a lot of people also think that these companies are like way bigger than they really are you know i mean <laughs> yeah uh there's you know it's especially a company like die and you think it would be like you know just like hundreds of people working there or whatever but really it's just you know a couple of rock stars you know chugging coffee and working late because they love it yeah and that's what most of these companies are. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, what what was your plan to? I guess it was to be more involved on the on the on the back end of like these companies and everything. But as far as playing goes, were you, were you still playing paintball regularly at this point, or did you kind of put it on the back burner and be like, this paintball got me in the door, and now I need to focus more on my career. Well, I think I sort of I struggled with it for a while, especially with Die, because you're sort of like you think that you can like, oh, maybe I could play on the Ironman. I have an in now, you know, I'm close. <laughs> I'm actually here, and I can play Camp Pendleton and mm -hmm. whatever. But just the amount of work that you have to do, I just I I was more of a fan of putting that energy into like just being like the best employee than the best. You know, yeah. and, like spent all of my spare time doing drills at Camp Pendleton. I'd rather be at a coffee shop, you know, working on whatever I'm supposed to be working on. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
I, I, what I started doing is just playing for fun. Like I used to play rec paintball. Um, I mean, the best part about living in San Diego was that we would, I, I could work at die, you know, have this great day of work on a, and then Friday we could go drive to big bear and then go snowboarding that, and then come back on Saturday and, or Sunday and play paintball at Camp Pendleton. Like literally in one weekend, you could go snowboarding, surfing, play paintball, and be wearing shorts on the beach and, you know, snowboarding in a t-shirt on the mountain. It was amazing. Not too shabby. So, uh, yeah, so you kind of, you know, or I could be doing drills. <laughs> so Man, let's see. I chose uh, snowboarding <laughs> and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I regret it, you know, I mean, especially now, like, I mean, I, you know. There's there's times where I play and I just I see how I know how fun it is. I mean that's mm-hmm. you know bunkering somebody in front of a crowd. There's nothing. It's the best. Um, that is a pretty good. But feeling. I just I feel guilty. I mean someone you know like you put in the work. You were a very hard working paintball player, and that's like I mean I guess it's a skill that I could have done, but I just kind of chose to you know I just I. I you know, practicing is tough. It's a, it's a it's a big time commitment to be super good at paintball, right? Well, I'm not very super good at paintball, so I don't know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> we're, um, but honestly, to kind of cap them, uh, you know, to tap into what you were talking about, dude, I feel the same way. But I feel it in in a way of where I feel like I didn't take advantages of. I would love to be working in the industry. I I really really would, and I I feel like I let so many opportunities slide through my fingers because I took it for granted and I I just you weren't for carbon though I did and I put it but I again I didn't put the effort into that like I should have to to really make it and turn it into a career and I kick myself all the time I've been meaning to call um to call uh turban and everything but uh because I feel like I feel like I I, I let it slip through my fingers it could have been something and I for some reason I maybe pulled back a little bit because, and I didn't put more time into it because I, I was so comfortable with the job that I had, that it was putting food on the table that I didn't like, it was one of those opportunities. It was just like, you could really do this and you can, you can play paintball, but you know, if I commit more time to it, is it going to strain what I have going on now, which is a paycheck and I have, a kid to feed and all and do i want to yeah but carl don't feel bad about that man don't i mean listen okay so here's here's some like like all of these jobs that i'm talking about and all these like stories i was 22 three four years old like i was a baby doing all this stuff that mm-hmm. i'm talking about um and i was never like i never would have made enough money to support a baby or anything like that in any of these jobs that i had i was making shit money but i was yeah. having a lot of fun making shit money and that was all worth it you know what i mean so like if like our entire industry i would say there's maybe like 15 or 20 jobs that actually make good money in the whole industry <laughs> like yeah, right that, right you know? you know like i mean turban owns you know, I mean, like that, like Turbin and Miko were my bosses at Die, and they they probably made good money back then. Um, and now he he owns his own stuff or whatever. But I mean, Turbin, Miko, these are like like the the smallest majority of people. Most people are like entry level kind of stuff. You know, like you know, little marketing shits like I was. And you know, you make some money, but you're not not 
it is a, a career in a sense that you have a salary, but it's not like a like not a lot of kids with babies that work in the industry. You know? he, here's more. He, here's more of what I meant with that. Like the opportunities of being able to work in an industry that I love and and yeah. then I enjoy the people that are in it is more or less about the opportunities and the tools that I can put in my tool belt mm-hmm. um, for for life and and, and career wise for me on on maybe how on on how a business business is run i eventually i had this dream of of putting a paintball field up here and and maybe i could have uh learned that um you know through somebody else and 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 learn how product development works and learn it's more or less like that like that's what i feel like i missed out on on working in the industry of um because i i'm always tinkering with shit and and i love like designing stuff and, and and just being able to have an opportunity turn into an opportunity turn in, turn into an opportunity kind of that's more or less kind of what I I would have enjoyed. Um, but you know, I mean, dude, I'm I'm still 34 and I'm still you know it's you know the, life is long, mm-hmm. life is long, but time is short. So it's like you know, there's always uh, there's always something going on. Sure. With whatever um, the fuck that means. So, <laughs> I, no, I hear what you're saying for sure. I mean, I, you know, like, yeah, that's, I mean, what the one thing leading to another thing. I mean, that's, that's my career. You know, it was a lot of those little one little things that led and snowballed. Um, it took my whole life for it to snowball, but, um, but you're right. And, but you were, you were playing. So that's the difference, you know, I mean, right. you were, you were living the, the player's dream. Um, maybe not necessarily the career, but I mean, now you, you have a good job. I, I just don't want you to feel bad about having a good job. It's no, like, you're like, you're yeah. like, you know, yeah, it's, uh, um, yeah, you did, you, you were, when I, I, uh, you, you were the forever, like the most, the famous paintball player from Ohio, man. You're a legend. Everybody knows it. Yeah. So you got that. I put on a good front. You do. It's a great front. <laughs> It was, dude. I'm, and by no means am I am I knocking um, the the or taking for granted being able to turn pro and and live that life um, and and live that experience. I wish and hope that everybody gets to experience something like that, where they, in one way or another, um, goes through these trials and tribulations and and feels the pressure of um, eyes on you and having to make a choice. And, and 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 head a team or make a certain move and be creative in something that is so based on this format and structure of like just playing this game that also breeds creativity in a sense you know what I mean it's like it, and, and mm-hmm. there's so many people that play it but being able to play um, being able to play a game that's so simple but being able to to play it the way that I enjoy playing it and have teams actually want me to play for them and have me pl- play the way that I play and have it also in turn be entertaining for people to watch. That's what I that's what I like doing and that's what challenging myself on the field. I've always I've always wanted it to be difficult because if it wasn't difficult and I couldn't if it was an easy puzzle to figure out, I get bored really easily. You know what I mean? So if it was if it was something that needed figured out, and you know, as we know, paintball it always is. I always thought of paintball as a puzzle, and and the players on the other side as the puzzle pieces, and just trying to figure it out, right? And 
that's what my thought process made it fun for me and and not shooting very much paint but still trying to shoot as many players as possible made it fun for me and you know trying to become this creative player in a game like that has been has been a joy um and and people telling me that that they enjoy watching me play just like puts a smile on my face because i'm like i'm just doing what i love to do and and making it fun for myself and i i really i think that's one thing that i try and implement in like clinics or in any kind of advice that i give to players is like dude look up to people but take little bits and pieces of all these people that you that you play uh, or that you want to be like and be yourself but like take all these kind of things that all these players that you like and and and, and incorporate them into your own game and don't let don't let your own ego get in your way of, of 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 becoming a better paintball player or a better person in life in general. I think it's great advice, man. And I think, yeah, I I think it's fantastic advice. I mean, you look at a guy like like Harris from New York Extreme. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's he, he does exactly what you just described, which is he is a super aggressive paintball player. He's a big guy, you know, mm-hmm. we fuck, he'll mess you up. You yeah. Know? And he'll he's let all, you know. He's all, and he's always pushing forward on the field. Like he's like, he is only forward no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that is his personality style. And it's also his playing style. He doesn't play like anybody else. And I think that's kind of like what you're trying to say is like, like that's, that's his personality manifesting into his athleticism as well. And yep. he could be like, well, you know, like I, I feel like I, you know, I look more like this guy. I should be the, the sniper. I should be the dude that just hits a guy off break every point, And mm-hmm. that's my role. No, he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to go get people. Yeah. So he does. Yeah. Having 10 me's on the field is, is not going to work and will be boring. <laughs> yeah. Having 10 Ryan Greenspans on the field will not work and will be boring. There's a yeah. reason why paintball in itself is a team collaboration of, of, of different minds and different ways to play the game. That's why there's that's why there's so many different ways to play it. it. It's all based on this principle of eliminating the guy, not getting shot, and eliminating the guy across from you, guy, girl, whoever. But it's also, it's just like baseball. It's just like football. It's just like everything. It's all based off of these principles of being, of, of, of this game that you're playing. But how you play the game is what makes it special. And it, if you're trying to do it to impress people and, and, and because even the, the flaunty guys, they're doing it because they love to do it. Like they're not, just, they're also doing it for the attention, but they're, they wouldn't do that unless they really enjoy doing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can have these super kind of like tedious guys who are all about like, you know, in paintball anyway, who are all, but you, you got to shoot this lane. You got to stay this way for this, but, and then once this happened to this, like, yeah, that's great. But I'm going to feel the flow too at the same time. And if I see a window open, I'm fucking going. I want to make the magic happen. So, like, but if you don't have that balance on a team, uh, it's really tough to win uh, to win tournaments. I feel you got to have those guys who are creative and like to paint, and then you also got to have those engineers who enjoy uh, the mathematics. In the yeah, in that's the what you want behind you. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love tangents. I feel like I go off on those fucking tangents all the time. And uh, you got great tangents, man. Uh, you got a good one. <laughs> uh, you well, you listen to the podcast, right? Yeah. And um, so yeah, you probably hear all this shit all the time that I say. I, I repeat myself a lot, and I just I get excited like talking about it. So I'm sure you 
Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I love yeah, the sport, no, man. I love the people. It's great. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, there's there's some people that, that should be doing podcasts, and I think you're one of them, and so I, I appreciate it. And yeah, never stop. I I very much appreciate it. It's tough by yourself. I'll get I'll I'll admit that. It's pretty tough by yourself to be able to sit down and not really have anybody. I mean, I'm bouncing things off of you obviously. Um but to it, it it's it's a to balance a conversation by yourself and be able to off whim because honestly, how I always go through podcasts is like I'm like, okay, well I have I mean, do I have do I have an hour and a half worth of content in my head like that I'm going to talk about constantly? Hell no, I don't. Like I I have probably three questions that I go and do <laughs> like okay, all right, like how did the level up thing come about? What was his career like at Die and how he started playing paintball? And like that's like the three that I go about. Uh, usually a beginning, middle and end of like that person where they're at. And then you fill in the spaces and that's kind of like if you can do that then Luckily, I enjoy everybody that I talk to because I think everybody's interesting. So, ones are more uh, difficult to talk to than others, but I think. Uh, so, like, what, what podcast do you listen to? I mean, where do you where do you get your inspo from? Don't just say your own because that would be super messed up, <laughs> dude. Okay, I'll admit, I'll admit this. I don't listen to the podcast after I put them out. Yeah. The only time I listen to the little tidbits of it is when I'm actually editing and adding on the ads. And other than that, I don't really edit the podcast at all. And I literally hit a button, I put it in the ethos, and I I just kind of walk away from it and, and focus on the next one. Um, I'm a big Rogan listen uh, listener. I listen to Rogan a lot. Um, I like I like a lot of the comedians. I like... Uh, I haven't. I don't really listen to Bill Burr a lot. I listen to Burt Kreischer, Theo Vaughn. Um, I've been recently listening to Marcelo and Tyler on their podcast. I, I listen to a lot of the a lot of the pro guys having podcasts. I listen to to them just to kind of hear their perspective. I noticed a couple of guys on the level um, the level team has a podcast. I just subscribed to them. I think today or yesterday. To them, so I'm gonna kind of see what they got going on. Um, but that's kind of mainly it. I've actually been into reading a lot lately, as stupid as that sounds, because I'm a grown man and I should be reading anyway. But I've been reading a lot. I just finished Green Lights um, from Matthew McConaughey, which is a really, really interesting read. And I I definitely recommend that. Um, I've been reading a lot. I've been And I've been uh, wanting to play a lot recently. Just... I've got, the, I've got the itch, man. I got the itch bad, and it, I, for some reason, have the itch in the middle of winter. Well, not, it's not the middle of winter, but I guess the beginning of the winter, which is even worse. What's it from? Just why? Why do you think you have it all of a sudden? I don't know, man. I, I, I uh, before World Cup, I, I got a phone call and asked to play. You've for always, impact, right? you, yeah, yeah, impact. You've, you've, uh, you know, kind of mentioned this something to me throughout the years. Um, I had a few other. Uh, ones ever since I stopped playing in 2018, and it, I, it was kind of one of those things where I just needed to step away, think about. It's like your winters, right, for the field. You kind of just need yeah. this this decompression period, and um, it seems like I need that every like six or seven years when I play paintball, I guess. So I um, I just I didn't really think about it. I just wanted to, like focus on family and everything. And this past World Cup, 
um, I, I didn't really take anything serious. And then Dave called, made an, made an offer, come play for us. You know, let's go, let's make it happen. Missing some guys, but I thought about it and I thought about it. And I was like, ah, just, I can't, you know, I can't make it happen. Whatever, whatever the circumstance, I just I couldn't make it happen. And I even told other people I couldn't make it happen. And it wasn't because I, I didn't want to play for one or the other. It was just, I just, I wasn't feeling it. Wasn't feeling it. Mm-hmm. The World Cup layout comes out. And I'm like, oh, man, that looks super fun. That looks so much fun. And I, and I hear people, like, they hit me up. They're like, dude, you would love this field. <laughs> You would love this field, and I'm looking at it, and and I didn't really watch much paintball after 2018 because like when I when I let go, I'm like, I'll kind of follow here and there with the podcast, really, um, talking to these players, but I'll kind of just let go and kind of just let the fucking world happen in paintball, and then come back yeah. a few years later and kind of see what's going on. Um, but I saw the field, and I started kind of like the wheel started turning. I, I, I watched the game, then I watched another game, and then I watched another game, and I keep I watch all of the games, and as the games are happening, I'm like, he's gonna move, and then he move. Like I'm starting to predict all these moves. I'm starting to like out loud say like go 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 go. You know, I'm like doing all this shit, and then um, it just kind of started turning into like, man, like I still have. I'm 34. I feel like I still have some years left to go, and I really meant to not play again when I retired in 2018, but it's like one of those things where it's like, it's in my blood, man. It's who I am. It's, it's made me, it's made me who I am. It's my personality. It's, I, I love the people. Um, it's what I know. Um, it's what I, I feel like I have a very, um, malleable opinion on. I, I have a love hate relationship with it. It's a, it's a second wife per se. Um, totally. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just something I want to be involved in, whether it be playing or, or doing some, something else I need it in my life, call it an addiction. Um, but I like to call it an extension of myself in a way. And I just, I'm just feeling it again. And I, I don't, I just need to convince my wife that she should let me. And that's where, and that's, yeah, how, and that's where I'm that? at. Get her, put her on. Uh, well, she's <laughs> with our kiddo right now. So, <laughs> Um, well, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure there'll be give or take, but you know, that's the goal. I mean, I think, uh, I, am sure all of your feelings are natural. I'm sure any player that's retired feels the same way and does come back, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's examples of that as well. Uh, but I think it's good. I I think it is an extension of yourself and you are young. I mean, there's definitely people that are older than you playing right now and that are doing great. And I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with like I don't think you have to feel guilty about wanting to play. And I, I, I mean, why not? I mean, that's that's. It's a very interesting year. Like this year was whatever. I don't even you call it whatever it was. But no. uh, the future is very um, intriguing. I guess would be the right word because we have no idea. I mean, we don't know what, anything with the NXL. I mean, today is. December 10th, there's no NXL schedule. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, I've talked to Tom. Nobody, nobody knows. Yeah. Like, what? We're, I, I, I feel like our mind is going to be blown in some way, shape, or form as soon as the NXL puts out whatever they're going to put out. And, I mean, we're just going to, you know, and then what happens the following year after that? I mean, it's all, it's all very bizarre. Um, but at the same time, we have Go Sports right now. We have, you know, tons of subscribers watching go sports constantly yeah um our socials are all good i mean the content that's coming out is 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 amazing and i think 
Ghost Sports is doing an unbelievably good job. Um, you know, Maddie, Darren, Cena, all those guys. And so I just think it's a, it's an interesting year. I mean, there's, I think the sport's popular again. I think Ghost Sports is doing a good job. I mean, I think it's, uh, there's just a lot of pros and like pros is in pros and cons. Yeah. And <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I think it's natural for you to, to want to get back in the field because of, you know, there's a lot of like flashy stuff going on that you want to be a part of. And you probably look at these guys and you go, I could fuck that guy up. <laughs> like, I'll be fine. No, just, you know, sometimes. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that's just the competitor in me. Um, sure. But I, I think COVID was a big reason for the whole thing. And, and meaning, I, I think if COVID would not have happened, I think I would have dove further in the world of jujitsu. Um, because that is very close behind uh, paintball because it challenges me. And I stopped going to jujitsu when the whole thing started. Um, and that was kind of my filler. That was my paintball filler. Mm. And I stopped doing jujitsu and it, that was like my outlet, you know, and then now I don't have an outlet. So now I'm going back and I'm watching film and I'm watching paintball again. And I think, yeah, I think if COVID wouldn't have happened, I'd be, I'd be continuing into jujitsu. I'd probably be, a different belt color by now. Um, what are you now? Just blue. But I was, I was, good. I was, I was, <laughs> I loved it, dude. I loved it. I loved it. I still love it. Um, and I'm sure I'll, I'll do it again once uh, I feel comfortable going back and uh, sweating amongst right. all these, Onto all these people. Yeah. Um, I just didn't, I still don't feel comfortable going back yet. But, um, yeah. so it's uh but it's again that's my the competitor to me like i was progressing in jiu-jitsu and i was like it was it was difficult to do so i was like loving it you know so now again you know i gotta you know, i have the void now to be able to play paintball because paintball fields are open I'm, my gym my jiu-jitsu gym's open but i'm i just can't do it right now um but paintball it is is more than doable um when that comes around and uh so i'm just trying to figure it out i'm just trying to you know make sure all the puzzle pieces fit i don't want to jump in to like I did when I was, you know, okay, season, you know, four, five is here. It's 2007 or 2006. I'm 20 some years old. Let's go. I have no responsibility. Let's just, you know, paintball, paintball, paintball. So I just got to make sure all the puzzle pieces fall into place and, um, you know, just do it, uh, do it the right way. I do like what you guys have going on down there. I feel like, um, there's a few, th- a, a few things that could be addressed as far as like uh one main thing is you guys are missing experience i feel but i mean that's just the being a young team that that's one thing you don't have it's like going out into the job workforce and all these places want five years experience and you're like i just got out of college like i just so wait you're saying we've played two pro events and we were not experienced carl you guys are ready what are you talking about you guys are set (laughs) (laughs) but but i think of course but i think what you guys have Robbie brings to the table exactly why he was such a big yeah and that's why i feel that that's he i'm saying like on the field per se no of course of course right yeah um yeah because robbie robbie brings that having a coach number one is huge and then bringing Robbie in is is even better um but being able to have that that person or people that experience to be able to like okay this is how it's going to go like I'm just letting you know like this is this is what you have to prepare for um and and this is how you have to take this one thing you guys have going for you is you have a lot of people that are um have been playing together for a while 
So yeah. that that's huge. And as long as you can keep that going, because I, I feel like it's always the, the third, third, fourth year, depending on the, the state of the team of when it really starts becoming serious. Because now if everybody's serious and everybody's not only serious about the team, but about themselves and how they really need to dedicate themselves, excuse me, to um, to the team. I mean, because that's the main thing is if you have guys that show up, it, you're supposed to be on the field by 930 and everybody's just going to get paint at at 925 and you're half dressed. It's like, dude, no, like if you if you want to do this, if this is something that you want to do, you have to dedicate your time to it and you have to make the decision because if you don't, you're not only hurting yourself, but you're hurting this team. It's it's like somebody going out there who it's like, man, I, I really want this guy out there, but he's only 75 percent. And he's and he's going to the coach. I can do it, coach. I can, I could do it. But if this you're seventy five percent, that that's that. There's a gap. There's that twenty five percent gap that that is missing. And you just everybody, especially in somewhere like in the Midwest, you have to have every single person be extra dedicated because we don't have the luxury of the three sixty five fields, right? So you have to not only be able to play whenever you can whether it be in the snow if you want to or um travel to play but it's it's going home and making right decisions about your diet um uh, because in that last 5 minutes of the game are you going to be able to run the snake running and shooting and, and crawl down and, uh, and and shoot people and then do it again in 2 minutes um and and it's not only it's not only that that it's also like okay are you the team asshole like does does shit need to get figured out do you need to kind of like reset yourself and and make the environment fun and fun produces results and fun produces wins i mean it really does man look at dynasty look at look at all these other the, all these other experienced teams yeah they have superstars on their team but they're also they're having fun they're getting their job done but their job is fun and, and and if you can bring that into um an atmosphere it's but there there's also responsibility that comes with fun and it's you know it, that's a one thing that you guys need, man. Is just you need that experience on the field. I feel and um, whether it come from a couple players or whoever, it's like that little bit could turn the corner because just making Sunday could make such a big difference in confidence um, and, and just the way the guys carry themselves. I feel. Yeah, you're you're right, man. You're you're spot on with all of your analysis of the team our guys and just i mean just in general and um that's just it's tough for you know the the new pro teams the bottom tier pro teams especially in the beginning it's it's very much sink or swim and i think our guys were fortunate enough to you know we're sort of in the middle i mean we're ranked 13th overall right now which is keeping us out of those like the most bottom spots where you're, mm -hmm. you know you're your draws aren't always the best and things like that. World Cup, you know, we won our first match, um, you know, 8-4 to AC Dallas. But, I mean, against the Ironmen, you know, we lost at the buzzer. It was 6-6. Yeah. Six six. You know, we lost with a half of a tenth of a second left or whatever bullshit. Man, they, <laughs> we were close, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, I think um, I'm so glad that those things happened this year. Because it could have gone the other way. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, I'm not trying to say that these are, these are like big accomplishments. I'm trying to say that, um, that thank God we didn't just get our asses blown out. And then, because it's hard to be motivated, you know, like mm -hmm. I think 
what's great is that the guys sort of proved that at their core, which is this team that's been playing together for a long time, like you said, um, uh, I wouldn't, we're not even close to saying we went toe to toe with anybody. Um, but we won, you know, we, we beat aftermath every time we play them. And, uh, there's been a couple matches against big time teams where we, we went to war, we battled, mm-hmm. we took infamous to, or, uh, yeah, infamous to overtime in, in Vegas, our first event infamous to overtime with Greg Sewers. And like, I mean, they had a good roster, Thomas Taylor, like it wasn't like scrubs, you know, yeah. like these yeah. are, so that was, uh, that was that match, that infamous match in our first event was like, gave us so much confidence just that you know regardless of what happened and how everybody got to be where they were on that field that day that we did deserve to be there and we do and i feel like that we're we're just trying to prove that to people right now and i think maybe we've had a couple chances and you know we've dropped the ball on some of them and some of them we didn't drop the ball some of them we proved okay you know you can be a fan of this columbus team because um they're scrappy, they're super aggressive, and they're, you know, they want it just as bad as anybody else. But we need experience and we're gonna get there. It's you know, it's gonna take years, but that's that's what we're all here to do. And um all of those guys are just I mean, dude, they've been playing together, you know, forever. We we sort of see ourselves as like we wanna take the Revo path. We wanna take the vicious path of just the, you know, the team that put in the years and by years it's like a decade you know mm-hmm. and then eventually you make it because you don't give up and that's where we're at yeah yeah and there, well and what's tough in and what i hope what i really 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 hope um the guys realize and i and i know it's happened to so many teams did you get you get guys that progress at different levels you get guys that will stand out and you get guys that get offers and yeah it's one of those things where it's like coming from a player's perspective, all you want to do is turn pro. And then all you, you know, at least for me, when I was playing on Tim effect, it was all I want to do is turn pro. Um, and then you get to this point where it's like, okay, I want to win an event. Okay. You, you, you know, you win an event or you, you're, you're, you're so close. And the next thing is like, man, it would be awesome to get paid to be to be pro and then that you know and then that happens and then the opportunities start coming and it's like you know and and the worst thing that could happen is you 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 get cherry picked and and but if you can make not make but if you can if if you can have the guys care enough about what and and believe and this comes back to the point when like you were having you make these speeches about this passion about how you feel about the field how you feel about the team and if you and if you make it and let it be known that you have this passion for the team and you're involved and you're you're all in then hopefully those guys will also realize what they have going and 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 how much more uh of a good feeling it would be to win with the group of guys that you've been playing with rather than be picked off and, and possibly play for a team. But I understand the decision because it's, it's one of those where it's like, man, do I, do I possibly go down the road with a team that's like right on the cusp? But like it could do something because you talk about the Revos and you talked about, you know, the vicious and they had their stints, but you want to be the team that comes through and is consistent, you know, gets to the Sundays all the time. Revo now, is consistently doing that, but they've been also yeah. playing together for a very long time. And there's a lot totally. of teams that give, I mean, look at aftershock, you know, we were, um, we, that was one problem we had. We were going through roster changes all the time, but we would also get very, very close. You look at a lot of our things and we were two, two, we were three, one or one, three, but you look at those matches and we were losing by point. We were losing by, by mm-hmm. two points. 
so we never caught that thing but we've been around forever so you want to you want to be able to with the guys that you have be able to hit that cusp and be able to jump that speed bump and um and yeah and i and i feel like having an owner like yourself be as involved as you are is huge it's like i'm sure you know alex martinez and how involved he is in that team so far as actually playing sometimes on on the field (laughs) so so so, but but i can tell you from a player's perspective that you know if if having an owner around and being involved and and feeling like one of the guys is, is huge for a team. I don't know if they say it, but I'll, I'll tell you that it, that it, tr- it does do something and, uh, to continue to do that. Um, I don't know what the point was, but it was just, it's cool to have a fucking team, a pro team out of Columbus. How about that? That's what I was getting to. It's cool to see pro paintball out of, out of Ohio. And it makes me, it makes me happy. And maybe that was one of the reasons why I started thinking about it again, because it's like, dude, paintball's in my backyard, man. This is, I wish you were an hour closer, but you're still in my backyard. Um, uh, and it, it just makes me happy and makes me proud of a, of a field like that and, uh, and of a team like that being, uh, being from Ohio. So dude, I, I, I'm proud, dude. I, and I, I really hope the best for you guys. And I hope, um, you know, I hope everybody really sticks through it and stays together. That's the main thing is stay together. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, we're, you know, uh, obviously the soft season, we're, we're talking about everything, and I mean, we're ready. I mean, least, there's definitely another year in it, and, uh, you know, as long as it'll go, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, most of us, you know, it's it's a lot of, like, mid-20s, and then, like, you know, like, I'm 32. Most, a lot of the guys in the team are my age, just, I mean, we played against each other in college and stuff, so yeah. that's how long these guys have all been playing together, too. Um. So I don't think they're, you know, I, I think to me that's young. I mean, it's, you know, mm-hmm. you can, you can get to a point where it's impossible to play. Um, but you know, like you take somebody like that would have a schedule like yours. I mean, you have, you have a job, you have a family. That's, that's a tough gig for, you know, just scheduling reasons, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's why on like our team, we believe a lot in like on our team, there are some people that play every weekend, no matter what. Uh, or you know pretty much every weekend you know during the season no matter what doing drills whatever mm-hmm. and like god bless those guys man i mean they they really you know and th- those are you know guys that are very good at shooting off the break and they have very good lanes and they you know they practice very well they practice hard and then there's other guys that they show up for those mandatories and they you know are they are working extremely hard in the mandatories and they don't play every weekend and i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think that that is that is a very healthy, I mean, if you're a 16 year old kid, yeah, don't be lazy, play every weekend, you know, do your drills. <laughs> yeah. But if you're a grown man and you're good and you, you know, you, you're intelligent enough to learn and, and, and learn from mistakes and stuff, you should be able to own, to, to be there when you need to. And you should not be expected to be like so fully dedicated that it, it's a detriment to your other life. I think that yeah. our, this, the sport that we play is not meant to be the sport that you can dedicate your entire life to. I think it's meant to be the best balance to where you can live a super badass life that not many people get to experience except for these, you know, top what 200 players in the world or whatever it is, however many pro players. I just think it's a unique thing and whatever it takes to make that work, I think it's worth it, you know, and if, you know, unless the, if the, if the team sucks because that's how everybody's working and that is what it is. But I don't think that's the case. I think if you got it, you got it, you know? 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, you know, what makes paintball tough, especially on families, I feel, because you, you always hear the story. You hear from a lot of people, even pros. And, you know, the hold is, you know, the wife or the girlfriend. Um, and and there's a reason for that. And having kids, having kids and also having a wife who is a stay-at-home mother, um, you you kind of you kind of look at things a lot differently obviously when you have a kid you you bring this person into the world but at the same time you realize that uh time and your time is very valuable and when you have this sport which is essentially an exaggerated hobby um taking up precious time which is a weekend which is where i don't have to work for that full day those full two days you know i get to be home all day you you tend to now with kids you tend to realize that that okay I can understand why she's a little upset why I'm leaving for a week or 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 this or that and and you kind of get a different perspective on things and and I mean that was that's one of the main things is like I it's tough for me to be able to dedicate that time um, because I also enjoy being with my kids and 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 going on these adventures that I can only do on the weekends with them would I like to be playing paintball. Yes, but am I going to get this time with my my kid again? You know, it's 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 really it's that's what makes it so tough when the, when the kids are involved. Um, just because time flies, it's like we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast, man. It's it's like these. I saw how young your kid was, and I, I instantly went back to like when my son and even my daughter was that young, and I'm like, what is going? on like how <laughs> you you have those nights where you feel like you can't sleep because you're screaming in your face and you just want to you know just want them to sleep and then you wake up and you're here and your one is you know almost five and the other one's almost two and you're like oh my god where, what just happened so so yeah it, you you really you with having kids and, and wanting to play sports especially on the weekend i can i can completely understand uh you know that whole perspective now well here here would be my argument for you playing Okay, so here's you could take you could paraphrase, but this is this would be my philosophy because I'm in it right now. I mean, I I don't play, but I I'm going still. You yeah, know? I got a baby, so there's like I think it should be acceptable for somebody, even if you have a kid, and this would be for your wife as well, um, to have some hobby or whatever, some your your thing. You know, what's your thing? Everybody's got a thing. Or you should have a thing, mm-hmm. and um, you can you can look at hey if i'm going to play professional paintball this year then i'm going to need to dedicate you know three weeks five times a year which is the you know the two layout practices and the whatever maybe you can sneak out in between to fine tune maybe you can or whatever so how are you going to return the favor to your wife you know so i'm going to you know i need these three weeks to pursue my whatever um what do you want? You know, what can I, how can I return the favor? You know, if I'm going to do something really crazy, uh, like if I'm going out of town for some paintball trip, I make sure that I'm going to do something else. You know, we're doing good date nights or, you know, or, um, bring them with or, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, just try to, um, uh, look at the amount of time and either it's acceptable or it's not acceptable. I mean, that's just sort of up to a family. Mm. Um, but I think it's reasonable. And I mean, I think that, uh, I think as long as you're not the guy that's like, well, I need to be, I can't be home every weekend. I'm playing paintball every weekend. Like, I don't think that's right. right. And no. I don't think that's fair. Um, but I think there's a middle that you can find and you can 
pay to play, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and she's and she's supportive. I'm not saying it's not, you know, not on her. She's she's very supportive. It's just I very much enjoy the the time with my kids and um I try not to be selfish too much. I mean, yeah. you have to be in a certain sense to stay healthy in your own head. Um but I just I just you know, at times I say that I do and I I'm like gritting my teeth as, you know, having a kid you do but i really do i mean cuz it's just like you're just seeing them grow up and you're teaching this kid especially like me taking my son to your thing like he his eyes were like huge and he was like yeah it, you know love being on the field we walked on he stepped on the field and he was like you know like posing and everything and i had a big giant grin on my face but um but yeah i mean we'll yeah we'll see we'll see what happens we'll go from here um i yeah imagine see what's crazy now about like the world too is that like everything that you do is just permanently on the internet forever you know like you go you can go play on uh you know like sometimes like i think about this journey of the columbus level thing where i mean i just got a phone call i mean those guys weren't playing at my field when they were semi-pro and Mm -hmm. they you know, Josh Lehman called me and said, Hey, you know, we want to, we think we have a good shot of going pro if we, but we, we got to move to a different field to do that. Yeah. Or, you know, what a paraphrasing. And then next thing you know, I'm watching us play Dynasty on the pro field, you know, <laughs> with and your logo on the chest. Yeah, I know. And so, like, I, I think about that. Yeah. For me, it's so cool because it is my logo and it's like, we're just, it's, it's, it looks smaller to us because we're like here, but, the logo? It's a big scale. No, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just like, kidding. <laughs> physically, no, I meant like to us, like we're playing, you know. So like yeah. we're looking at it through these like binoculars of like us playing on the field. What's our breakout? Mm. That kind of stuff. But um, it, it's you know, but in reality, it's there's ten pro, you know, there's twenty pro teams. That's it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a big deal. Um. So. Uh, Oh man, I kind of lost my train of thought there. But yeah, anyways, we're like, um, we're we're very proud to be able to give to be like sliding into this opportunity, and now here we are in this like big stage, and it's great to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, I wish you guys the best of luck, no matter what happens. And I, I you know, I, I really would love to see you guys continue doing what you're doing. I know you will. Um, I hope all the kids understand the uh, the position and the the wonderful opportunity that they have, um, and to take advantage of it as much as possible in a good way, um, mm-hmm. in a productive way. And I, I think it's going to be great. And I, I and I tip my hat to you for the field that you've built and uh, the the career path that you took. I'm so glad that that you that you built your field down there. Like I said, I really wish I lived closer. Because man, I'd be there so much more often. You live close, Toledo. Yes, I'm saying like I'm one of those guys where like, oh, okay, well Wednesday, you know, there's nothing to do. Uh, I'm gonna go. I I would be one of those people who go do drills if I had a field that was within like an hour. But practice at Toledo indoor paintball in the mud. (laughs) That was not mud. That was concrete. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, rest in peace, Toledo indoor. That was great for the knees um <laughs> yeah dude so dude thank you so much for sitting down and chat with me i i had a really good time i know i probably talked 
way more than I should have again, as, as oh, always, but, no, uh, great. dude, great. I'm, I, yeah, again, thank you. Thank you. And, um, continue doing what you're doing down there for, uh, for the Columbus scene, Ohio scene for paintball. Uh, well, you are welcome anytime, uh, come and bring the kids. We'll make a family day out of it. For sure. No swear words. Absolutely. I hundred percent agree. God damn it. <laughs> uh, stay on the line uh, we'll talk a little bit after this and um yeah well oh actually where can people find um level up the field the team where can they uh social media where can people uh, find best, you it just best places instagram i mean um level of sports just level spelled lvl so instagram is lvl up sports doc or yeah instagram at lvl up sports and uh the team is columbus lvl all spelled out all regular <laughs> all uh, regular yeah so follow us on instagram i mean um we we try to put out you know i mean we're we're newbies so we got a lot of fun stories to tell and um uh and yeah i mean we're we're just we're, we're on our path to something we don't know what it is yet but we're trying to get there oh yeah where oh yeah before you go where'd the name come from for the field um so i don't know i have this like uh Obviously, there's like the video game tie, but um, I don't know. I'm working on some big idea. We'll see if it ever happens. I can't really talk about it. I don't, it, it's, a, it's a terrible tease. Good question. I just my answer is kind of lame <laughs> until something else cool happens. I'll tell you after the show. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. We're gonna talk. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see ya. See you, Carl. Very much appreciated, Dave. Thank you so much for chitty chatting with me. It was uh, it was great, man. And I don't know. Next year. Craziness. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Off-season nuttiness. Um, all kinds of moves being made. I know that. I know that I've been hearing some rumors of, uh, of teams moving some players around. I don't think the teams are moving the players. I think the players are moving around. And they are just, you know, as it is every, you know, payball off-season, uh, there is a bunch of moves. Teams coming in. Players moving around. Exciting times we live in um equally scary <laughs> but but yeah it's it's gonna be interesting off season um who knows what the future holds and i'm excited i think it's gonna be great i think it's gonna be very very um just from from my perspective and seeing the teams um you know accumulate these players and the kind of the where paintball is at the moment uh, it's very exciting, and I'm excited to to see it grow and to see it happen, and uh, I hope you guys are too. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening and tuning in. Please do not text and drive, and um, you know listen to podcasts like this one, and yeah, and oh yeah, also don't forget, almost forgot, Charm City Paintball. Hit him up, please. He has some awesome stuff. Uh, he has all kinds of headbands sitting around. Give him a message. He'll hear what you want, and uh, I'm, I'm sure he has something that will tickle your fancy. So, yeah, hit him up. Charm City Paintball. Thank you guys so much. Please, we'll see you again here soon. So much please. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> anyway, we'll see you guys later. Take care. Peace. <laughs>